You're listening to audio from Trinity West Seattle. For other resources, more information about this sermon series, or to connect with us, visit our website, www.trinityws.com. Uh, well, uh, my name is David. I'm one of the elders here, uh, and I get the privilege of um, sharing God's Word with you this morning. And if you're here for the first time, I want to welcome you here um, as we are nearing uh, getting close to Christmas. I think it's less than two weeks away. Uh, let's pause a moment uh, in, in prayer. God, we uh, come before you in your presence as your people, and we want to experience Advent joy. We want to experience your presence, and when you are near, God, we ask that you would speak to us through your word and guide us, and we pray that you would change us from within. We pray all these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Now, if you remember, uh, there was a hit 80s song called Don't Worry, Be Happy by Bobby McFerrin. Uh, now, to the song's credit, it does acknowledge life's troubles, but like the title of the song, we are to sing our troubles away simply by saying or singing, don't worry, be happy. Now, you could be late on your rent or about to get evicted from your apartment, but don't worry, be happy. Ain't got no cash, ain't got no style, ain't got no gal to make you smile. Well, don't worry, be happy, because when you worry, your face will frown and that will bring everybody down. So say it with me. Don't worry, be happy. Now, it's a feel-good song, but we know experientially that real and lasting joy and happiness cannot be produced and sustained by just wishing for it and singing our troubles away. Now, the beauty of the Advent season is that we can experience deep and real joy and happiness in the way that God intended through the gift of Jesus who came to live among us. You and I are invited to experience this joy God blesses us with in the coming of our Lord Jesus. When the Son of God left heaven and came down and dwelt among us to be God with us, Emmanuel. Now for the past couple of weeks, we've been looking at the events surrounding Jesus' miraculous birth in the opening chapter of the Gospel of Luke. We have already seen God take an elderly couple whose wife Elizabeth was barren, and he sent an angel to Zechariah, her husband, and a devout priest to make an announcement of a baby boy they were to conceive. Now, this good news of an unexpected child for this couple was so incredible that Zechariah challenged the angel's announcement by stating the obvious. He said, For I am an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. Zachariah's doubts could not stop God's plan of supernaturally opening up the womb of Elizabeth, and they conceived a child who was to be named John, just as the angel had announced to Zechariah. The same angel named Gabriel, who was sent to Zechariah, then made his way to a distant relative of Elizabeth's named Mary, a teenager who was legally engaged to be married 
to Joseph. Now this time, the announcement from the angel was beyond believable. It's even crazier than the angel's announcement of an older, barren woman conceiving a child with her husband. It was the announcement of a supernatural and divine conception in Mary's womb of the long-awaited Son of the Most High, none other than Jesus, the Savior and King, who would come to save his people. Mary was chosen by God to carry the Holy Son of God in her womb. And she would care for and nurture baby Jesus, the God-man, fully divine, fully human. And this honor and blessing to carry God's incarnation, that is, Jesus coming in the flesh, was accepted by Mary without resistance, and she submitted to God's plan as his servant when she responded to this spectacular news by saying, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Now we have Two women, each carrying a baby, conceived supernaturally. Elizabeth, with the help of her husband, and Mary, who didn't need any help from Joseph because her conception was through the power of the Holy Spirit. And both pregnancies announced by an angel of God. Now, the angel told Mary that her distant relative Elizabeth, who was barren, has now conceived and has been pregnant for six months. And this prompts Mary to go seek out her older relative, who is by now very pregnant, as Mary somehow tries to make sense of of the supernatural angelic visitation she had received. And while feeling bewildered at God's announcement that she will bring into the world God's holy Savior, King Jesus, she believed the words of the angel Gabriel but she must have still been very confounded and confused in trying to understand this fantastic yet personally life-altering news. The encounter of Mary visiting Elizabeth is where we will be spending our time today to consider where the source of our joy comes from and how we express that joy. And this joy is anything but superficial or fleeting. This Advent joy experienced by two pregnant women in today's passage is the same joy extended to us today when we look upon the incredible person and work of Jesus on our behalf. John Piper, a pastor and theologian, he defined Christian joy as a good feeling in the soul produced by the Holy Spirit as he causes us to see the beauty of Christ in the Word and in the world. And this is the Christian joy we want to unpack and embrace together today. So what happened when Mary entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth? We see joy and excitement of three people at the news of Jesus coming to be with us in the flesh as the perfect and holy Savior of the world. First, we will look at the joy of Elizabeth. Secondly, the joy of prenatal John, and lastly, Mary's expression of joy and praise at the coming of Jesus. Now, looking at the joy of Elizabeth, we see in verses 39 through 43 and verse 45, I'll read that. And in those days, Mary arose 
and went with haste into the hill country to the town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? We'll jump to verse 45. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Now, there are many ways to express joy and happiness. And one of those ways is to scream and shout, a a declaration of joy. Have you ever seen a game show when somebody wins a new car? Well, they start screaming and they start shouting in pure joy and excitement. They can't help themselves. And in the same way, Elizabeth, when greeted by Mary, who was carrying Jesus in her womb, was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she began to cry out and express her overwhelming happiness and joy of being in the presence of Mary, who was pregnant with the long-awaited Messiah. Mary's joy is inspired by the Holy Spirit, who had supernaturally revealed to her what she could not have cognitively known, the fact of Mary's blessedness in carrying Jesus in her womb. Now look with me again at the content of Elizabeth's expression of joy in verses 42, 43, and 45. Elizabeth's shouts of joy and excitement was not a generic happiness of of a relative expecting her first child as celebratory as it should be. It wasn't even in the fact that both of them were pregnant and expecting a son. Elizabeth's joy expressed in her cries of exhilaration were grounded in the fruit of Mary's womb. Elizabeth was filled with joy as she acknowledged Mary's blessedness who was uniquely and only by God's favor chosen to bear the Son of God. Elizabeth was in humble amazement that she was in the presence of Mary, pregnant with the coming Messiah, when she said, why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Verse 43. Elizabeth was saying, I'm not worthy to be in the presence of greatness, of holiness. Elizabeth not only confirms for Mary the angel Gabriel's announcement about the Messiah coming through Mary by the power of the Holy Spirit, but she also rejoices at the faith and trusting response of Mary who believed what was spoken to her from the Lord. Now, there is joy that comes to us when we trust in the promises of God and declare those promises in our confession of faith and acknowledge what God is doing. Elizabeth was experiencing joy while being in the presence of the incarnate Son of God and also recognizing Mary's trust in what God was supernaturally doing in her. How about you? Is God's will and promise being fulfilled in your life a source of real joy for you? Do you know that God is actively working out His purpose right now in the world in spite of all that we read of in the news? 
Are you also able to recognize and call out God's wondrous work of salvation and redemption in you and in others? How is God revealing His purpose and will in your life this Advent season? Well, for Elizabeth, the actual fulfillment of this wonderful promise of a Savior come to save us was too much joy for Elizabeth to contain. And the joy when a promise is fulfilled is spectacular. Amen? Amen. Now, what's more is that Elizabeth was spiritually discerning and acknowledged and, and affirmed Mary's faith in God's promises. Verse 45. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Now, there is spiritual joy we get to experience when we see the faith of others as this blesses and encourages our own hearts. And this joy was real for Elizabeth here. Ultimately, both Mary and Elizabeth were tangibly experiencing God's promises being answered and fulfilled And this stirred up intense joy and excitement in the hearts of these two pregnant women. There was a lot that they didn't understand, but one thing was for certain. The Son of God was coming in the flesh to save us, and they knew this would change their lives and and everyone else's lives forever. How about for us? We can experience Advent joy when we too trust in God's promises fulfilled in the coming of Jesus, our Savior and King. And why did Jesus come to live and die for us? Well, he came because he loves us. The best feeling in the world is probably when you feel deeply loved by someone. And this Advent joy, this good feeling in the soul produced by the Holy Spirit, as John Piper uh, defined, defined joy, can be ours when we see the beauty of Christ because his whole life was a message from God that he loves us and is rescuing us from sin. We can experience Advent joy when we live on the promises of God fulfilled in Christ. We can confidently confess the words of the Apostles' Creed when it says, I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. Yes, God fulfilled His promise to send His Son to be our Savior, our Restorer, our Redeemer and King. So we can rejoice Today, because Jesus has come to unite us to God so we can be adopted into his family, enjoy his fellowship and friendship every day of our lives, experience his healing of our lives today, and inherit his kingdom on that day. And on that day, he will come again to ultimately and finally restore all that is broken in the world and establish his eternal kingdom. The joy expressed by Elizabeth with shouts of excitement being in the presence of Mary and the Holy Spirit conceived Jesus is quite a normal expression of happiness. But so is leaping for joy. This leaping for joy was expressed by an unlikely person, an unborn person who was six months old in the womb of Elizabeth. And this takes us to the joy of prenatal John. 
Have you ever watched a guy make a half-court shot during a, a basketball halftime show? Right? He jumps up and down with his hands up, and, and because he made the shot and he won the cash prize, that there's a bursting out of joy expressed physically with high fives. He's running around. He's jumping. He's screaming. Well, we have someone like that in our text who expresses a heightened sense of joy by leaping And it's out of joy over something way better than a cash prize, an eternal, infinite prize in the person and work of Christ Jesus. And this leaping for joy is done by John, who will grow up to be a spiritual giant who prepares the way for the Messiah and his ministry. But this leaping for joy is of when John is an unborn baby, only six months old in the womb, of Elizabeth. Now look with me in verses 41 and 44. And when, Eliz- and, and when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. Verse 44, and for behold, when the, a- when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Elizabeth, upon hearing Mary's greeting, the baby John leaped in her womb, but more specifically leaped for joy. But why? It was John's joyful recognition of Jesus' identity as the Son of God who came in the flesh. The Greek word translated for joy here is a state of intense gladness, often implying expressions of body movement like jumping, leaping, and dancing. It's a joy expressed when you can't stay still. You have to move and physically express yourself, and that is exactly what John did in the womb. Prenatal John would one day preach repentance and minister in the desert to pave the way for Jesus' public ministry. This prenatal John could not contain himself, but jumped and leaped for joy in the presence of the Son of God incarnate while they were both in utero. This joy experienced by John was produced by the Holy Spirit as both Elizabeth and John discerned spiritually that they were in the presence of Jesus even though he was still in the womb. While jumping... And leaping up and down may be an expression of joy and excitement. It matters what prompts our joy and who sustains our joy. For John, his utter joy came from being in the presence of Jesus, the Son of God who came to be with us. What gets you up leaping for joy? Who is a source of overflowing joy for you? You see, the coming of Jesus, the advent of Jesus, is God's invitation to us to rejoice in the Lord. We don't have to wait anymore because Jesus has come and accomplished God's mission of redemption for His glory and our salvation. God is with us today through the presence of His Holy Spirit who was sent by Jesus. The promises the angel made to Mary about Jesus was, has been fulfilled and is being fulfilled. Jesus came not 
flaunting the name of a savior and king in his title as the anointed one or the Messiah, but, in, but instead he humbly brought the kingdom of God and redemptive power to the earth to seek and to save the lost. His redemptive power was demonstrated in part by his physical healings of the blind, of the mute and lame, and he had been, that had been prophesied about the Messiah. And he, he cast out demons But ultimately, Christ flexed his immense spiritual power and gracious love by conquering sin and death on our behalf by resurrecting from the dead. Christ conquered sin, Satan, and death through his resurrection. So we too can rejoice with intense gladness in our hearts expressed in leaping for joy like John did in the person and work of Jesus Christ. He loves us. He saved us. He has an eternal destiny for us in Christ Jesus. And this is cause for major celebration. Now, both Elizabeth and John expressed huge spiritual joy over Christ's coming, which seemed like a type of joy that transcends our human understanding. Their spirits rejoiced over something magnificent that their minds could not fully grasp. Are you experiencing this similar joy inspired by the Holy Spirit today? I invite you. I invite you to ask the Holy Spirit to give you that joy. And lastly, as we turn to look at Mary's joy, which was such a deep spiritual joy that overpowered personal doubts and took precedence over her personal and practical well-being. Mary beautifully praised and magnified the God who was at work in sending his one and only son through the womb of this teenager for the blessing of the whole world. Look with me in verses 46 through 56. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and has exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. He, he, as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her home. Now it seems uh, from Luke's gospel that Elizabeth and her baby in the womb were the first people to know about the incarnation of Jesus who was growing in Mary's womb. Mary's encounter with, with Elizabeth and her unborn child John would have been a source of incredible encouragement for Mary to know that God was at work preparing the way of the Lord by miraculously blessing Elizabeth with a child at her old age and supernaturally imparting to Elizabeth, the knowledge of that God was sending his son through Mary's womb. 
Now, Mary begins to understand more deeply what God was up to in his plan of salvation and the restoration of all things and is overjoyed that she is playing up a role, a part in God's plan. And in response to Elizabeth's confirmation of God's favor upon Mary, she expresses her joy through a song that magnifies the Lord and praises what God does. What does Mary rejoice in exactly? Mary rejoices in God because God saves. She says, my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. God saves her from sin and death and even from ourselves through the work of Jesus on the, gro- on the cross. And just as Mary needed a Savior from her sins, we need a Savior. And we can rejoice in God who saves us through His Son. Now, if you don't know the saving work of Jesus, I want to let you know that Jesus saves. The Son of God took leave of heaven to come down to earth in humble human form to die and to save us from sin and death. And I invite you to put your trust in Jesus today. Put your trust in Jesus who died a gruesome death in your place to offer us forgiveness of sins and acceptance by God on the basis of Jesus' perfect sacrifice. We would love to talk more if you want to know more about and learn about Jesus' saving work for you. Secondly, we notice that this song of praise, Mary sings repeatedly the words, He has. In fact, eight times he says this. she says this, she sings this. God is the main actor in human history, certainly in, in Mary's life, and we can rejoice in that. Look with me in these examples. He has looked on the humble estate of his servant, verse 48. He who is mighty has done great things for me, verse 49. He has shown strength with his arm, verse 51. He has scattered the proud. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones, verse 52. He has exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, verse 53. The rich he has sent away empty. The God Mary praises is not a distant God who created us and left us to fend for ourselves, but a God who is actively engaged in our world to make right every wrong. He is active in our lives, and we have reason to be joyful and glad because of who God is and what he has done and is doing in our lives. Look at what Mary sings about in celebrating the character of God as a God who is gracious and merciful. She sings about the God who is all-powerful, holy, a God of justice and faithfulness. Mary can rejoice because the arrival of Jesus meant a new day of salvation was coming. And this new day of salvation will see King Jesus putting down the proud, mighty, and the rich who have rejected God and lived corrupt lives, taking advantage of their power and wealth at the expense of the weak and the poor. We can rejoice with Mary as she sings about a God who opposes the proud and those who do not fear God. 
You see, God stands against those who are confident in their own achievements, exalting themselves above others and have no need of God. God established Jesus as the King of kings and the Lord of lords who will ultimately remove all corrupt rulers and bring about his perfect justice by granting favor of those of humble estate like Mary. The God Mary rejoices in is a God who helps the helpless. He enriches the poor in spirit. He gives grace to the humble. He provides for the needy and he satisfies the hungry. Are you aching for joy and happiness today? If you are, then humble yourselves before Jesus and reverently come before God who offers you his mercy, his gracious love, and unending faithfulness through his son, Jesus. There is joy that comes from receiving the saving work of Jesus who came humbly as a baby. The work of atonement has been completed for us, and we are wholly loved and accepted by God. Isn't this fantastic news? There is joy in knowing God loves us and accepts us on the basis of Jesus' perfect life. There is also joy in believing and experiencing that our God is making us more like Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit who is at work in our hearts. There is joy in holding on to the promises of God's word which will never fail even in times of trial and suffering. There is joy that transcends our life circumstances. As we saw last week when Pastor Joel talked about the personal risk and threat this pregnancy posed for Mary, who could have lost her engagement to this honorable man, cast out from a good society and driven to extreme means for survival. This was serious, and she probably knew how serious this could be for her. And yet, in the midst of impending personal suffering, she rejoiced in the Lord. And there is spiritual joy that supersedes our life circumstances which we can experience in God. Lastly, there is joy in knowing God is actively working out His plan to one day heal every disease, mend broken relationships, and restore a messed up world with His shalom peace and presence where every corner of the earth is filled with his glory. My brothers and sisters, you have every reason to rejoice in Jesus today. He has saved you. And no matter your life circumstances may be, he invites you to take part in his work of redemption and healing on the earth, to receive his mercy, and then to be extensions of Christ hands and his feet so that we can help bring healing and redemption on earth in all the corners and influence in our lives. Not by our strength, not by our wisdom, but by the Spirit of God. So shout and proclaim who Jesus is just as Elizabeth did. Jump and leap for joy in the presence of God as John did and sing the praises of God's excellencies and Jesus' beauty as Mary did. 
As in the words of Paul in his letter to Philippi, he writes, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice this Advent season and every season because the Lord has come and will come again. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. God, we thank you for coming. We thank you that you promised to us that you will come again. And in those promises, we rejoice because you are a God who is faithful. You are a God who is with us through your spirit. You are a God who does not leave us as orphans, but a God who is present. God, we pray we would experience that presence in joy, the joy of salvation, the joy of what you came to do to work out that salvation in dying on the cross for us. Help us now to experience that joy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You've been listening to audio from Trinity West Seattle. For more information about our services or to connect with us, visit our website, www.trinityws.com. Thanks for listening.